brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. In this week's episode, you'll hear from Superintendent Mike Hickman on the start of the school year. Plus, get the details on the new Mary Persons Athletics website. And I'll share a little more on the district's new communication specialist position. First up, students returned to the classroom one month ago this week. The goal? To provide an in-person learning environment for students and staff that is both educational and safe. Mary Persons Jr. Mary Michael Tain sat down with Dr. Mike Hickman for his take on the first month of school. Hi, I'm Mary Michael Tain with MPTV interviewing Superintendent Mike Hickman. How are you, Dr. Hickman? I'm doing fine. Uh, glad to be on uh, the show this morning and be able to answer any questions that you might have. Okay, if you feel uncomfortable or don't want to go on with any of the questions, like any of the follow-up questions, then just say so and we can move on. Just wanted to put okay. that out there. Okay, so to begin, how do you feel about the start of the school year? Well, uh, I feel real good about the start of our school year as far as our teachers and kids go. Uh, I think everybody was really excited uh, about being back in school. Uh, we've got increased enrollment. Uh, our numbers are over 4,300 enrollees in pre-K through 12. So. Uh, uh, we've, uh, we're growing as a school district, uh, but we did have the challenge of obviously with the COVID cases, the last uptick that we're seeing with the Delta variant that has uh, kind of been a cloud a little bit over the last couple of weeks uh, with the number of cases we're seeing here uh, in our school district, in our county, and quite frankly, throughout the state. But all in all, you know, just uh, for the kids and the teachers, it's been really a wonderful start academically and instructionally. It's just the safety aspect with COVID that we're trying to, to do our best with. All right. So what are the COVID protocols for this year? Right now, uh, the big ones are, obviously, we share those uh, with our staff, students, and our parents. Uh, the big ones are, uh, we do encourage, we highly encourage everybody to mask up. Uh, we know that is a part of the puzzle that we need to fill in to help slow the spread. Uh, we do have, uh, we do ask that everybody wash their hands throughout the day or use hand sanitizer. That's one way that we can help slow the spread. We encourage vaccination with students 12 and older and for our staff members and for our parents and community, because we know uh, that's really the, the best way we found, uh, medically speaking, to help cut down on positive cases and exposures is the vaccination. Now, even though We've had people that have been vaccinated that have caught, actually contracted the virus. Uh, their cases have been a lot more mild. And so we do encourage that. We've actually started a vaccination drive, so to speak, with those staff members who haven't been vaccinated yet and with our students uh, with their parents' support and permission to be able to uh, take a vaccination uh, if they'd like to. Uh, as far as, uh, exposures go. Uh, we've asked that all those that were exposed uh, have the option right now to either quarantine at home for the three different, you can quarantine for 10 days, 14 days, 
or test after five days and return to school on the eighth day. Uh, or if you don't have any symptoms, you can actually choose to come back to school uh, and be in the learning environment. And just a little caveat to that, local school districts have had the opportunity to adjust the protocols from Department of Public Health to encourage people to be in school more. And that was really one of those that we did. Uh, we're actually looking closely at that now as to whether we want to continue doing that or maybe do something else for those that have been directly in contact with somebody that's a positive case. Uh, obviously, social distancing uh, is important uh, because we have so many kids, it's hard to make sure we've got six feet in all of our, you know, all of the environments that our kids are in. But we do uh, encourage teachers and kids to make sure that they use due diligence when trying to uh, space themselves out in whatever venue they're in, whether it's at school or at home or uh, football games, you know, church, grocery store, whatever. Um, we have actually uh, invested about $400,000 into air filtration on all of our uh, air conditioned units, heating and ventilation units uh, that help clean up the air, so to speak. And uh, we think that's the part that can help us over time as well. Uh, we have um, lots of different things that we've done to try to, you know, make sure that, because we're to find balance of educating kids and then trying to be as safe as you can, because we know that, you know, the only pure safe place is being at home and not exposed to anybody, but we know that's not realistic either. And so we're trying to play uh, a balance between education and make your life work within a pandemic. So it's a work in progress. Uh, we try to do our best to be as safe as we can, but we do know it's important for our kids to be in school. And so that's been a big push to this year. Okay, well, thank you for all that. I think y'all are doing a great job on what y'all are doing. Um, what do you think it would take for all the protocols to change? Like, what do you think would force to go online? Do you know? Um, well, I am committed. The, the things that probably would force us to go online would be our staff uh, having cases and would be out of work. So just for instance, if you don't have any teachers uh, to teach classes, obviously we would have to go to another model at that point. Or um, we've looked closely at like transportation, something happened to our bus drivers and a huge amount of those bus drivers weren't able to work. Uh, obviously they couldn't get kids to and from school. So probably the main thing, uh, because we're committed to trying to have face-to-face -face school as long as we can, would be our staff. Um, and as long as we have staff available to teach and to monitor the children, we're committed to try to have school. Uh, now, obviously that changes from day to day, depending on the cases and things that are going on. But uh, that's a factor, that's a huge factor. And then the total number, uh, obviously uh, the number of cases, obviously we can't have school without kids in the school. So uh, we will look at kind of a trend over a couple of weeks. Our cases have been really high uh, over the past couple of weeks, but knock on wood, those case numbers are starting to lessen which is a good thing. And uh, I think uh, if that continues to happen, hopefully um, as we look at those mitigation factors, maybe we won't have to do uh, more drastic things like you know, require masking everywhere or 
even think about going virtual for a time. So we're trying to keep school open and uh, trying to do the best we can with that and make sure kids have the opportunity to learn uh, in all of their classes and, and participate in all the things that uh, our children want to participate in. So we're trying to support that. There's a delicate balance, obviously, uh, but we'll continue to look at all the different factors, case numbers, staff availability, uh, student positive cases, all those could make us change uh, what we're doing as far as COVID protocols. Okay, let's switch gears. How were the 2021 school year's milestone scores? They were actually real good. Uh, we were very concerned um, about how our students might do because we had, like for high school, we had so many interruptions last year. Um, we actually had a period of time that we started late. Uh, we had a period in third nine weeks where we were hybrid. So our kids only went to school actually face-to-face -face two days a week. We're really concerned about them being behind, but uh, comparing our scores to those different systems around middle Georgia, we actually compared very well. And I was very proud of how our kids did. There are 19 tests given in third grade through, uh, I guess it's 11th grade now. And uh, we led, uh, there are 19 tested areas and, and within our RISA area, and I include all the counties right around us as well. And uh, we were first in 12 of those 19, I think it was, and we were first, second, third in all of the categories. So uh, even though we had struggles uh, with school last year and we changed protocols, uh, we were very proud of our kids and our teachers for putting their best foot forward on those uh, milestone scores. So we did see a, a little bit of um, downward turn in reading for third grade, even though we were above the state average and did well with our peers, uh, those reading scores were lower than our normal scores. So we know we're gonna have to do, because the uh, kids were out for quarantine, uh, sometimes multiple times in elementary, there's some gaps because they were not in school all the time. And it's very critical for kids that are pre-K through third to have a consistent background in, in reading and math. And we feel like uh, we may have lost that a little bit. So we're we had summer school to help. Uh, we had remediation this summer and we're actually starting our after school program for elementary. Uh, I think it starts uh, in after our fall break. So we're gonna have 40 days of instruction for uh, our children that are eligible to participate in that program coming up very soon. But all in all, Mary, we did very well on those scores and uh, much like we've seen in the past and very proud of our teachers for being able to provide instruction on a lot of different modes, whether it's online, whether it's face-to-face -face or both. Uh, they did a wonderful job. And as always, our kids are fantastic. They do a great job and you guys stepped up and, and did wonderful as you always do. So uh, kudos to everybody on a job well done there. Okay, and a final question. What are some goals that you have for this school system as a whole for this year? Uh, probably our focus areas uh, typically revolve around uh, instructional goals for me. Uh, one is to make sure uh, all of our kids by the end of third grade are on uh, reading level, on grade level. Uh, we know that if kids are reading on grade level by the end of third grade, their chances of graduating are very high. 
if they're not, those chances go down. So we still have a focus on foundational reading and math uh, so that our kids get off to a good start. We feel like if they've got a good foundation, they can be successful in school uh, here in Monroe County and doing whatever they want to do beyond graduation. Uh, we're always focusing on safety, whether it be COVID, uh, you know, our safety drills, different things. We've had different things happen this year. You know, we had a, a code red situation. I think it was the first week of school and uh, we had to deal with that. So you have to be prepared in a lot of areas. So uh, COVID is the one that's probably the most critical right now, but there are other aspects of safety that we're always looking to improve upon. And so safety would continue to be one of those focus areas. And we're always uh, focusing on trying to uh, teach individual children at where they are. Uh, we ask our teachers, and it's a big ask, is to be able to know where their students are at in any given subject and be able to create a plan that helps them improve personally uh, over the school year or a semester for you guys that are on block in high school. And pretty much those are our biggest focus areas and they revolve around you guys, our students. And so um, we'll continue to uh, uh, learn together and grow together and hopefully we'll continue to succeed like we've done in the past and hopefully even better in the future. But those are the main things that I focus on uh, as a superintendent. And those are the areas that uh, have been chosen for this school year by looking at uh, recommendations from our schools and our principals and our board of education. So we'll be working hard to make sure our little babies can read good and uh, can know their math facts. And if we get them to that point, I know our teachers will take them across the finish line. All right, well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary Michael, for that informative interview with Dr. Hickman. Sports fans, get ready. This one's for you. Our fall sports season is in full swing. Softball, volleyball, cross country, and of course, football are all underway. Mary Persons Jr., Ava Nelson, sat down with head coach Brian Nelson, who just happens to be her dad, to get his thoughts on this year's football season. Are there any major changes this season? Um, no, not really. Um, you know, I, I think based on, um, on how we had to operate last year and last summer and, and even during the season and, and part of the second semester, I think, you know, um, some of those protocols and rules have forced us to look at some different things and maybe change a few of the ways we, we do things or how we meet or how we practice and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, no. I mean, the changes would be same changes that happens every year. It's a you turn over seniors and you, you know, you kind of get new kids coming in and you kind of turn your roster over and you look at different guys playing different positions and then, and then, you know, the other big changes are just in the kids physically. You can see them change from a, another year in the weight room and another year in the in the strength program and the speed program and 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 stuff like that. So. Um, you know, those are changes that you see every year, but, uh, you know, schematically and things like that, we really haven't, haven't changed a whole lot. Maybe, maybe little tweaks here and there. Is there any new coaching staff? Yeah, you know, we had a little bit of turnover. You know, Coach Johnson got the head job at Rutland and then he took a coach or two with him. So, uh, you know, obviously we had to replace those guys. 
uh, Josh Schuyler's new offensive line coach. Uh, some of you at the high school may may have seen him around the school. He also teaches PE. Um, and then uh, we hired Demarcus Davis, who's a former player uh, that played here uh, for me on on uh, in in some of my first years as a head coach. And uh, he's working in the P department at, at TG Scott and uh, coaching our linebackers. And then we've got two other guys that have come on board that 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 are looking to get into coaching and, and education. And um, one of them is Caleb Spear, who's a who's another former player, played quarterback for us, and he's he's working with the quarterbacks. And then we've got a guy from uh, from Colorado, Art Toledo, who uh, is coaching our running back. So that's. Those are our new guys, and they've all done a great job um, with uh, with the uh, what we expect them to do, and and, and coaching the kids up. So um, we're we're real happy with those four guys. How has the team prepared for this season? Well, there's a lot that goes into getting ready for a football season. I mean, it it really started starts after you know, or started after last season ended. Um, with our off-season strength and conditioning program, um, you know, obviously last year, second semester was a little bit different because we were we were on an A-B schedule. We were virtual. You know, there's there a lot of stuff that went into it. Um, so you do all that, you know, leading up in January and February. And then in March, we have our Black Dawn, which is our early morning workouts which leads right into spring practice, which re- leads right into, you know, our summer program, which is, you know, lift and run and seven on seven padded camps, things like that. So, um, you know, the thing a lot of people don't understand is, is they think it's just Friday night, but, uh, the kids on the team put in a lot of work, uh, year round basically to, uh, to prepare for a season. And, um, and that's that's kind of just what it takes, and and uh, we're proud of them for doing that. And um, but that's no different than any other team we've had. That's what we expect from our players, and and uh, they know that, and they are uh, not afraid to put that work in, and they do a good job with it. Who are some of the leaders on the team? Well, obviously, you know, when you talk about leaders, you look at uh, you look at your seniors, and we don't have a lot of seniors, but uh, you know, two that always stand out are Austin Starr and Jarvis Germany. Those are guys that have that have have started a bunch of games for us over the last three years, two years, and counting this season. But um, so those are obviously two guys. I think Griffin Morris does a good job in that capacity. Um, you know, DJ Martinez is another senior who's played a lot for us, and. Um, and then we got some younger kids, some juniors that have that have kind of risen to the challenge. I think, uh, you know, I think Champ Brantley's done a good job leading. I think Brandon Alford's done a good job. Um, I think our quarterback Logan Hickman's, you know, getting to that point where he's starting to develop some of those characteristics. And um, and then there's just some other guys that you may not know or haven't played, but you know, Marquise Rice is another senior who I think does a good job of of you know trying to do the right things and be a leader and and uh you know kind of pep guys up at practice and you know he just does he does a lot of things you know within our program that that kind of help us out um so um you know other than those guys I mean there's there's always opportunities for guys to lead and and set a good example whether it be in practice or the weight room or the school building or whatever so um 
Okay, so what are you most excited about for this season? Well, I think it's just playing the games, and and we've got a lot of young kids and just the chance to see them play um, under the lights on Friday night. And, uh, you know, obviously then then finding ways and and looking for ways to – improve them and and so they can see their improvement I think I think that's one of the more exciting things about coaching is to be able to see kids develop and change and get better and um and then obviously looking forward to uh you know to seeing where this team's at I think we've had good practices and um you know we've had good energy and kind of a good vibe to this team to just kind of see how they do thank you Ava It sounds like it's going to be an exciting season. And now you have a new way to keep up with the schedules, scores, and highlights. Sadie Eisenhower spoke with Mary Persons Athletic Director Robert Lindsay to get the inside scoop on the new marypersonsathletics.com. Why did you decide to make an athletics website? I felt that one is that our old website was a little outdated. Two, the website that we're using it provides an opportunity for our stakeholders, for our parents, for our players, and our, for our coaches to see more interesting things that we are doing at Mary Prisons High School. It also offered me a venue that I can put out information not only in Twitter, did I say that right? Also, I can put it on Facebook, and also um, I can put it on our direct site whether it's information about ball games that we played or information um, about students that signed or information of scores. So I, I think it's just a broad way of us getting information out to our parents, stakeholders, and players. And how do you think that will help with like communications with everybody? Well, I think it helps a great deal because now we're offering more resources. Not only can they get the information on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, which I do have an Instagram, but I don't use it much, Um, but they also can get it from our school website. Um, They can come to school and get the information. So we're giving every, we're trying to give every opportunity so we can get our information out there and our brand of MP out there. Mm -hmm. Um, What other kinds of information's on there besides like scores and like you said, the um, recruitment and stuff like that? Well, the other information that's on there and it's a small thing, but I think it's, it's so big is the rosters. Parents or stakeholders can go to a ball game and instead of having a program, which we want you to purchase our program, but they're able to go to our website and see a player do well and look at that number and know who that student's name is. And some of our um, coaches have even put their height, weight, and sizes on it and what year they graduate. So, wow, he's only a sophomore. She's only a junior you know, and know that person's name. And then the next thing for me, it benefits me because I'm at a position with 1,200 students. I don't know all our players' name. So I can now put a name with the face. And if I see them in the hallways, I, I can speak to them instead of say, hey, number 13. <laughs> um, what is one thing everyone needs to know about the website? Um, the website, the easiest thing to know is that it's Mary Persons Athletics. I mean, that's a simple way that we can put it in. You can log on to marypersonsathletic.com. So check it out. Check out our Facebook pages as well and just start following us. All right.
Thank you. Thank you, Sadie. This year, Monroe County Schools added a communication specialist to the team. To find out more about my new position and to share some of my background with you, I spent some time with MP Junior Maddie Franklin. It's a new position. What are your responsibilities? Well, Maddie, I have a lot of responsibilities because a lot of different things fall under communications. So I work with our social media. You may see me running around town with a video camera and microphones interviewing people. I get to visit schools and talk to students there. I work with the websites, not just the Monroe County Schools website, but all of the various school websites. Whole lot of different things, even get to talk to the media sometimes because I'm the person that they're gonna call. How does your background tie you to the role? So this is kind of a dream job for me. I started out actually in radio and then spent almost 15 years in television. So I've seen the behind the scenes of the communication field. I've worked with the media. I was the media. And then after I left television, I moved to the chamber right here in Forsyth and I got to work with the business owners and the really big events in town, promoting the Forsythia Festival, the Hometown Holidays Parade, a lot of different things. So I kind of worked on the promotion side at the chamber and the writing and the communication side in television and radio. Plus I have a digital background. I worked in digital at both of those locations and it's even what my husband does too. So for me, this really is the dream job. What experiences do you have? Well, again, you know, I did spend a lot of time doing this in other locations. Uh, when I worked in television, I came on as an intern, unpaid, doing whatever I could do just to learn the business, worked my way up through the years. And when I left television, I was the executive producer. So I really learned all of the behind the scenes stuff, worked on writing, which is a key element in communication learned about social media as it grew because when I started it really wasn't so much of a thing and now it runs all of our lives. So I've got a lot of background that led to this position. A familiar face around campus is taking on a new role. Ken Blandenburg was promoted to lieutenant this week and with that promotion comes a new position at the sheriff's office. But don't worry, Lieutenant Blandenburg told me he still plans to spend time with our Monroe County students. Well, that's the thing. Um, I'm getting promoted to lieutenant, but I will still be in the community doing summer camps and working the games and all that type of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not totally abandoning the school system. I'll, I won't be in the everyday hustle and bustle of the school activities, but I'll still be around, even doing Gentleman's Club and all that. So I'm very excited about my new job. I'm kind of sad to be leaving the school, but at some point you got to pass the torch. Why is it important to you to continue to work with our students? It's important to me because it's a passion that I have, and I feel like even outside of working at the school, I still can make a difference and I always want them to remember me and some of the things that I taught them throughout the years because when I start, the kids that I started with now are now fifth graders. So I've seen them grow up. We came in together doing pre-K and now they're fifth graders. So 
you 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 become attached to kids so i kind of still want to be a presence in the community whether i'm working at the jail or working on patrol or working investigations or working at the school i still want to be some type of influence on the community what's the one thing you want our students to remember always remember that you can be somebody congratulations lieutenant landenberg Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.